No, Jack Black is the is if anybody the same Mario, but more. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what Mario is. Yeah, Mario is the same, is the same but, more. but more. Instead of yeah, you said you didn't ask who's who's Chris Pratt's Wario. You said who's the evil Chris Pratt. No, I said who's his Wario. I explicitly yeah. said who's his uh, Wario. <laughs> but you prefaced it by saying that Wario is the evil Mario. So I was thinking of the evil Chris Pratt. I see. He's the evil. Or the bizarro Chris Pratt. The, the bizarro Chris Pratt is Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is the Waluigi in this scenario. Okay. Who yeah. are some guys like Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt but types. Opposite. <laughs> Just type Chris Pratt but opposite into Google and whatever comes up, that's the All answer. Right, here we go. Opposite of Chris Pratt. No, that's not what I okay. said. Okay. Chris, Chris Pratt, Pratt but opposite. But opposite. Enter. Um... No, there's no Nothing people funny. that no people come something up. came up. Tip. Something came up. First, What's the first? first first result that is not like a news article about about Chris Pratt. No, I want that first one. That's the uh, news article. Chris Pratt called out how much James Gunn amuses himself on set in Viral mm-hmm. GOTG Volume Three clip. <laughs> James Gunn is the uh, is the opposite of Chris Pratt. I think okay. that might be accurate. I, but here, listen to this actual first search result <laughs> okay. headline. Taylor Kitsch will star opposite Chris Pratt mm. in the terminal mm. list. I don't remember who Taylor Kitsch is. Neither sure. do I. Is he the guy from? Is he the the werewolf guy from? Um, no, that's Taylor Lautner. I almost said Taylor Momsen. No, that's Cindy <laughs> Lou Who from the Doctor Seuss movie, the Grinch one with Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. She's yes. also in a who's, rude rock and who's roll. Who's Taylor band. Kitsch? I'm trying to find out. I keep the thinking Grinch it's... is the opposite of Mario. No, Ooh, Wario is the opposite of Mario. God damn it. We have one already. The Grinch being the opposite of Mario makes even less sense than most of your jokes. <laughs> I know, that's why I said it. I'm like, here it comes. I have to say this. Oh, he was the eponymous character in 2012's John Carter. No one saw that. He's oh. also in Battleship. He no. was he was he was on Friday Night Lights as Tim Riggins. No. Now here's here's a thing. Can you imagine anything more opposite than Chris Pratt of Chris Pratt than uh, being in like a bunch of movies that no one saw a long time ago and no one gives a shit about your career? Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, he was uh he was Gambit in that X Men Origins Wolverine. But oh I, yes. I, I think that his scenes were deleted. <laughs> no, he's in at least one scene okay. where he where he gambles against Will I Am. <laughs> Right, because Will, Will I have created his own X Men fan character to be in the movie as. Yes, fucking wild. What a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before when we were talking about the movie, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Here's something mm-hmm. weird. Okay. I turned on my Roku the other day, and as I'm going to find my channels, I see an ad on the side, and it says, "Watch." Super Mario World, and then it has the cartoon art that is on the cover of the video game for the Super Nintendo, Super Mario World. Okay. What could this mean? Is the Super Mario World cartoon? It would have taken you, obviously, to a Twitch channel where someone was playing Super Mario World. (laughs) That's what it must be, right? Like, there's no, there's no watch Super Mario World. What is that? That's nothing. I have been watching the McElroy brothers playing the Super Mario World game. On their YouTube channel, which is an excellent ex- uh, experiment in game streaming. 
There was for those, so who, good. for those who don't know, the way that they're doing it is they're playing it where one of them controls the left and right, one <laughs> of them controls the jump button, and one of them controls the run button. Perfect. So they're splitting the controller three ways, and it's incredible to watch. I watched a uh, I watched a streamer play, I think Super Mario Bros. Maybe one, maybe World or something blindfolded with someone else giving her directions oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, that, that would stress me out so much yeah. uh, there is a super mario world cartoon that was a follow-up to the super show Maybe yes i watched that when i was a child Could and i remember thinking even as a child this is too weak a premise for a cartoon show maybe it is that then but the only image is just the video game image it's not from a separate cartoon do you guys remember hmm. the Zelda cartoon? Yeah. Yes. Excuse and me, you're... princess, etc. Yes. You remember that when he would get items, they would come out as like little perfectly hand-sized spheres, and then he would touch them, and then they would grow into a shield or a boomerang or whatever? Mm-hmm. I do not remember that aspect of it. There's something so satisfying about those spheres, and I just want one. <laughs> just a sphere with, like, a shield, a tiny shield in it. That's that is devices. good, and too. But I was going to say, yeah. they've kind of done that now, haven't they? Ed, someone did a, um, a video the other day to say, like, we can finally do the thing from the Zelda cartoon. And it was that one iconic scene where Link <laughs> throws a bomb jumps on top of it with his shield and blasts off over a wall and, like, skids yeah. away. And you're like, yes, you can do that now. That oh, was yeah, true. That was the, uh, that was, like, main uh, getting around the map glitch in Breath of the Wild that people did. Uh, oh, I love it. I saw people call it, uh, I think, boom blasting. Uh, <laughs> where, stuff. like, you, and you sealed shirt, ooh, you mm-hmm. shield surf by the seashore selling seashells yep. uh you shield surf at exactly the right moment over an exploding bomb and it like accelerates you super fast across the map i keep on running into people in tears of the kingdom being like hey seal- shield surfing is pretty cool here's a good place to do it mm-hmm. but no one has reminded me how to do it and i refuse to look it up so i'm just like fuck you i guess bye i got you <laughs> yeah uh, for... No, I don't want to know. I don't. <laughs> if the game doesn't remind me, it's the game's fault that I'm not enjoying. Oh, the game it. reminded me. It yeah, gave me where? a little hop too, but I hate it. Yeah, it told where? me, and I was like, "No, thanks. I won't do this." It showed. Uh, it showed the little like not, control n- pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Where in the oh, world the did ice, it show you the this? icy mountain, Mount Nehru, where Because I just got to a, a, a full quest line that was like. This girl has been making shield surfing tracks on this mountain, but she's gone missing. You're going to need to shield surf to find her. Go outside and shield surf now. No pop-up. No reminder. No, like, I had genuinely forgotten that shield surfing was even a thing. (laughs) No, it rocks now because you can attach a cart or sled to your shield and uh, go skateboarding or snowboarding. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we can't just descend into talking about Tears of the Anyway, hold your shield up, jump, and then push A. Why is it that? Why can't it just be jump and then hit the shield button and it automatically goes? It's too many button presses. That's my thing. That's my thing about this whole game. Too many button presses. Yes, I agree with that. It should should just be you push A, 
and you win. And then Ganon dies. Yep. <laughs> Press A to defeat Ganon. <laughs> you should make this, Jeff. This should be a game jam for you. <laughs> Ooh, it'll be like subversive. It'll be like, yeah. it really makes you think about what is a video game anyway. Mm-hmm. Not this. <laughs> it's certainly not this. <laughs> you can have it start. The title screen should be "This is not a video game." Ooh, that's <laughs> literally already been done. There's a very fun yeah. indie game called "There Is No Game." Yes. Yeah, I've played that game. It's pretty good. Well, well, it isn't because there isn't one. But right, I agree. Anyway, Matt, what'd you do so, this week? Oh well, good question. Uh, that's a great question, little guy. Aw, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> everyone, everyone clap for this guy. Aw, thank you, Daddy. Anyway. All the other daddies who are clapping now. Uh, Alright, no. Um, so this past week, uh, a lot of people that I know, including myself, were uh, emotionally um, invested in the Ted Lasso series that just mm-hmm. ended this past week, and it was very good. And so... In order to soften that blow somewhat, I started listening to the podcast. I don't know if you guys have even heard of it or if you listen or whatever, but the podcast by Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent on um, on Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. uh, and it's called uh, thing, uh, Films to be Buried With. Have you heard of this? No. I've not heard of this. All I know is that he will never, ever play Hercules in those Marvel movies because no one liked that Thor movie. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Oh, I need to watch that again. Um, so it's very funny because Brett Goldstein, in general, doesn't have that incredibly disturbing voice that Roy Kent does. <laughs> but in in recent episodes, he, he starts every episode by going, "Look out! It's only films to be buried with," and then he goes into the rest of the episode, and that's a very funny intro. <clears throat> Um, but what's good about it is it's a <clears throat> Brett Goldstein has been like a working stand-up comedian in England for two decades or something. That's weird. And so he's I've never he's seen him like, on anything before this. Well, that's a big part of it. Okay. <laughs> he was a he he described himself as a pillar of the stand-up comedy community, by which he means he held up the roof, but didn't really get noticed very much. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, until he started writing Ted Lasso, and then suddenly his career blew up. And good for him, because he's very funny. But it also means that he's very good friends with all of the other stand-up comedians who came up in England over the last 20 years. Uh, so the show is him interviewing basically his friends, but it's Everyone you know from British comedy, James A. Caster. That was going to be my uh, first ask. Is James, yeah. James A. Caster there? <laughs> I mean, every contestant that's ever been on Taskmaster pretty much has done an episode. Um, some really weird people, some really good people. I listened to Ian Sterling's one recently, and it's very funny and bizarre. But the way that the show is structured, he has a little chat with them at the beginning about what you know what their history of comedy is. But then the main premise is he tells them that they just died, and then he sa- he says, when you get to heaven, they want to know what you- what movies you liked and what movie you brought with you to show at heaven's movie nights. Mm-hmm. So it becomes this interview about the person's life through the lens of the movies that, that were interesting to them. Mm-hmm. 
And because of that, it's a much more interesting interview than something that, like, you know, like Bullseye or whatever, where it's just some pretentious jerk asking another pretentious jerk questions because it's much easier to talk about the movies that you like than it is to talk about your own life if you're not an egotist yeah that's i didn't listen to much of it but that's kind of what i liked about uh can i pet your dog which is just they wanted to talk about pets and nothing else Mm -hmm. about people's careers yeah i think i i'm sure it's similar and it's just that i don't really i don't care that much about people's dogs but i do care about movies that people like and partially because i also have experience with a lot of those movies yeah that makes sense um question is there anyone you like who picked a movie you hate yeah Um, did they get like paul f Tompkins, and he's like i would show napoleon dynamite at (laughs) heaven's movie night (laughs) um so paul f Tompkins has not been on it i don't (gasps) think even a podcast I don't think he. I don't think there's been any Americans. Maybe Desiree Birch. Generally, they've been British, though. Okay. Um, I will say that I think Sarah Kendall picked Tootsie as her as the best movie of all time, and I was just like, really? <laughs> like it's fine, I guess, but I wouldn't say it's the best movie of all time. Yeah, it's pretty <clears throat> good. All right. I guess so. It's definitely like I haven't watched it since the 80s probably it definitely doesn't hold up right there's no way that it's not hugely problematic now well probably but probably also like maybe like not as much as you think it might be i only i only first watched it as an adult and i remember uh enjoying it and not thinking much of it other than that (laughs) i still like it all right and a lot of people nowadays will say well it must be transphobic and i don't know if it is maybe but I do know the premise is that this guy had to uh, pretend to be a woman because there aren't any roles for men anymore. Derang- <laughs> so deranged. Yeah, yes. and you have to this pretend is... to be a woman for it, so yeah. <laughs> this is a point that Sarah Kendall made as well, which is that in addition to that, the movie basically ends with him explaining to women that it was their fault that he had to steal jobs from them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Oh yeah, it's got a it's got a so anyway. Bill, Bill Murray bit part in it. Anyway, this is a our podcast about Tootsie. <laughs> yep, um, but this podcast, the films to be buried with, is good because he has a set list of questions he asks people. What things like what was the most uh, important movie to you? What's a movie that you remember, even though the movie wasn't good because of the experience you had watching it? Mm. Um, And then things like, what movies do you relate to? Uh, What movie made you laugh the most? What movie made you cry the most? Uh, What movie do you find the most erotic? What's your favorite (laughs) swear word? No, not not. I don't think I can answer most of these. Well, that's what's good about it, because he tells the people ahead of time. I mean, everyone knows what the questions will be, so Mm. people have a chance to think about it. And as you listen to it, like, you can think of your own answers to these questions. And it's really good. Okay. Jimmy Kimmel, Maddox, James Lipton. They're all the same. I could use more uh, podcasts. I'm always running out of podcasts and re-listening to ones in the same week. Here is the thing that I will warn our listeners and you about, is that the very beginning bit, when they're just talking about what's going on in their stand-up careers, is very boring. Okay. But once they get into the movie stuff, it's genuinely super interesting, and you hear a lot of stuff where, 
you either agree or disagree, but then people explain their thoughts behind it. And I've gotten a lot of recommendations of movies that either I haven't seen in a long time or I've never seen. And I've been like, oh, well, you know, if it was that meaningful to some comedian that I really like, then maybe it's worth me giving it a shot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, every time someone recommends me a movie, I'm like, Listen, I'll put it on my list of movies that I would like to watch someday, but it's a roll of the dice if I will ever actually remember to watch it, be in the mood to watch a movie at home. Uh, Did I tell you guys about my my, my billion dollar idea for a website that I need to make? uh, TM, (coughs) audience, don't steal Matt's idea, but okay, go on. But if you want to get in on this and you know how to make websites, audience, let me know. (laughs) We'll mail this episode to ourselves in a in a sealed envelope so we get the yep. postmark on it. Yep. Yep. Um, somebody should make a website called like you know, Mr. Watch Skin. Next or oh. What to Watch or something like that. And it's just a website where you can make a list of the movies that you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you're talking to people, you can just add it to the list and then when you're ready, if you see the movie in the list, it gives you here's all the different places online that you could watch this movie. I Doesn't think that's what Letterboxd do that? Oh. You both said talked at the same time, and I can't understand what either of you are saying. Oh, that's a shame, then. We'll never solve your problem. I'm sorry, Matt. Yeah, one of us was telling the truth, and one of us was lying. Yeah, <laughs> and you'll never know who. No, Louis ago. Doesn't Letterboxd do that for you? I think so. I don't think it tells you where you can watch the movies. I know Decider yeah. tells you where you can watch the movies. I do not know if it has a list-making function. Yes, this is this is exactly the problem, yeah. you see? I, I'm talking about yeah. a site where you can have on your phone, you're talking to your partner or whomever, and they're like, hey, you know what movie I never saw and really want to? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And you can be like, fuck, that movie rules. I'm putting it on the list. And then later, when you're sitting around like, oh, what do we watch? You can go to that site and just click on it, and then it just starts playing. That's all I want. I'm. It's yeah. very simple, but every other site, like Letterboxd, has so much other fucking shit going on. Even if it does do this, it's all reviews and oh well. What if you cre- curate your personal collection? I don't want this bullshit. I don't care about that. I yeah. bet you can make webhooks do this for you without it having to be its own separate service. Like I bet you can plug like Plex into uh, like a watch list or something for yourself. This There's is not a, what I want. You, but, the simplicity of my idea is what's brilliant about it, you see. It would I be simple, it, but you'd have to set it up. I think it must be harder than you realize to keep a current list of what services stream what movies. Mm. Yeah, I feel, I, mean? like, I feel like a lot of APIs are closing in that regard. The biggest problem right now is that you can have these lists on each individual streaming service, a list of what I want to watch on Netflix or whatever. But whenever a movie goes off of Netflix, it also automatically removes it from your watch next list. And then it's like, it was never there. Yeah. You can never remember what it was. I just want a static list of that somewhere. Uh, I have one in my phone, in my to do list. It's a separate one mm-hmm. for movies. And then I check it off when I watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I know but, lots of people so who have that. that exact solution, and that's like a less good workaround yeah. to a thing that technology should have solved for us by now. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is a really, genuinely a good uh, website idea. So yeah. if you know how to make websites, let me know, and we'll work on this together. <laughs> now I'm curious if I can solve this problem for you, Matt. Jeff. I will do my best. 
I think you're right about you're the You're going to come back to me and be like, all you need to do is jailbreak every device in your house and then write your own uh, Linux program. That'll and That's not the thing. No, no. I'm, I don't know how to code. I'm too lazy for that. If I if I solve the problem for you, it will be something where you maybe spend half an hour setting it up and then it works forever. I think, I think that you're right if about you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, Jeff, then just work with me to make this website. Because coming up with a solution for me is fine, but coming up with a solution for everyone would make us millionaires. Yeah, but I don't like everyone else. Yeah, but I want money. <laughs> I want that money. You see. I see. I, I think the problem is... I like is, everyone else's money. Yeah. The thing is, you want to be able to type in the name of a movie and have the uh, whatever program check and be like, okay, Hulu is showing this movie, so I can tell them that it's on Hulu. But that means Hulu has to let you have access to their information, and maybe they won't. Yeah, they probably wouldn't. I, I wonder if you could... Well, doesn't Hulu have to, like, post when things are going up and coming down? I don't somewhere think so i think they, they don't do have to but i think they do <clears throat> so you could have an update from that or you know have have a uh program that just scrapes the site just like you know every night overnight just uh does a search a to z all things and then just populates a, a table with that and calculates the delta like you could make that work yeah there's definitely some way to find out like here's all the stuff on that has just been added to this website Mm -hmm. yeah but uh when stuff goes in and out of rotation to make sure that that won't keep coming up in your search results because that's the problem no no you want it to keep coming up in your search results you just don't want it to show as being available that's what i'm saying anymore that's what i'm saying though because i will someone will say hey watch this great movie and i'll be like okay great it's on netflix and i'll go and check to make sure and google you know search results will say yeah available on netflix i go to netflix it's not then i search more and find out it ended at the end of last month but it's like there's Mm -hmm. no way to get results that actually are updated enough Mm. you know i think there is a way is what i'm saying Mm. i think that there are lots of ways actually where there's a will there's a way I'm certain that somebody already has a page somewhere that is just scraping Netflix's currently available data every night. I'm certain of that. Yeah, that's what. That's why I'm saying I think the solution uh, already exists in some form for you, right. for you and Matt. I think all the pieces of it exist, and I think that if you created a usable web interface that allowed you to pull all those pieces together... It would be helpful for me and the world. Now hold on, usable web interface. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. <clears throat> That's how people make money, though. Like message boards already existed, and then Twitter was just like, "What if we made it so that people could do this on their phones easily?" And suddenly, you know, they've destroyed uh, you, uh, the politics of the entire planet. Yeah. So what if we could do that? And we made $44 billion by just letting people uh, say bad things about the dumbest, richest person of all time. This is how we got into trouble in the first place. Everyone's saying, yeah, they're destroying the world, but what if we could destroy the world instead and make money from it? Yeah, I want that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The difference is that I would be making money this time. Oh, man. I did yeah. genuinely think, is there any way that people could use a site such as this to destroy politics as we know it? And I can't think of any. Mm-hmm. Neither could Mark Zuckerberg. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> he was just trying to rank which of the uh, which of the other undergrads at Harvard were hot or not. Yep. And then he uh, ushered in an age, a new age of uh, global fascism. That's true. Anyway. Anyway, Louisa, what did you do this week? <laughs> not much besides play Tears of the Kingdom, which I won't talk about, but I'm still enjoying it very much. So if anyone is not sure, because I've, I've seen some people say they don't really like this one very much, which is surprising to me. So. Yeah, I, I've seen people hesitate, but most of the yeah. discussions I've had are like, reviews I've seen online have been people being like, I don't understand how a game can be this good. <laughs> yeah. I also feel that way. <laughs> yeah, like, and every, like every time I bring it up with someone new, it's just like, "Hey, you've been playing Tears of the Kingdom, yeah? How did they do it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did they make a deal with an evil wizard? Like, how? <laughs> how did this happen?" Uh, I yeah. do really like Tears of the Kingdom, but I will say that I'm already starting to be like, "Is this too complicated for me to ever like really get into?" <laughs> I what? don't know. I know, I know, I know that you guys love it, and I like it fine, but there are times when I'm just like, am I ever gonna fucking finish exploring this massive, dark underworld that doesn't have anything worth exploring in it? Mm, you, gotta, you gotta light up those light roots and check that map and see yeah. what the structures are. I think everything in <sighs> yeah. it's worth exploring, Matt. <laughs> that that's just not true. The fact that when you're diving down one of those holes and you, like... You're falling and falling and falling, and there's a point where you need to deploy your parachute or you will die, but you can't see that point, and it could happen anytime. Is fucking annoying. I'm, I hate that so much. I'm thrilled and excited by it. Yeah, I don't mind it if I play during the daytime, but we're not going to talk about that game too much. I will say something I love. I've said before, I love when a game makes you feel like the people who made it care that you're having a good time playing it. And mm-hmm. in this game, sometimes it can be difficult, but if you really go through all these extra complicated steps to go to a place that was important in Breath of the Wild and is no longer important in Tears of the Kingdom, if you go to the trouble to get there, there might be a little gift for you for having gone there. And that makes me feel mm-hmm. great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like they knew they knew I would be like, I know we don't we're not supposed to care about this location anymore, but I'm going there anyway. I'm gonna travel so far to get there just to see. And there was something for me. Yep. That's it exactly is how wildly I- it is wildly disappointing when you spend, you know, twenty five minutes climbing up the side of a sheer rock face and then at the top there's just another fucking Korok. <laughs> Oh, no, I love those guys. Shits. That's just the fuck off. <laughs> that's the game telling you they're glad that you went there. That's yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like them being like, "Hey, we figured you'd go here." Yeah, welcome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I do like that, but I still am disappointed every time the reward is just another Korok. At least when it's a Korok that just is like, "You found me. Here's the thing. That's mm-hmm. fine." When the thing you find is a Korok being like, "Help me find my friend." Fuck you! I hate those Koroks so much. How did you even get up here with that backpack? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love when they're in the middle of a, a a region that's in crisis and they're like stuck halfway up a volcano and they're like, "I'm just trying to backpack somewhere." Like, no, the world is falling apart. What are you doing? I'm just a little guy. Help! <laughs> anyway, I will get too deep into this, so I won't. Um. I am going to say I started watching the TV show Belgravia, 
You probably have never not heard, heard of this. I've never heard yeah. of it. Is this about vampires? It sounds like it's about vampires. This is a show from, I think, 2019 or 2020 by uh, Julian Fellows, who did lots of stuff, but he's probably best known for Downton Abbey. And he it, also did Bridgerton, right? No. I don't think no. so. No. He, he's very into serious, um, like, historically accurate shit. Is Bridgerton not historically accurate or serious? No. No. Okay. No. Oh, right. They, I forgot they do the thing. They do the... I don't know... Hmm, what's the updated term for race-blind casting? Uh, or color-blind casting or whatever? Yeah, like, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's a new term. Yeah, I thought you were going to say what's the updated term for when you shoehorn fucking into as many scenes as possible to no. up your rating? No, that rocks. Skinamaxing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good, actually, to do. I also yeah. think that the, uh, you know, the race-neutral casting is good to do as well. Don't get me wrong. Man, a lot of of the worst people on the internet are really mad about it, though. Yeah. What's weird... That's part of why it's good. I thought Bridgerton was just doing race-blind casting. I'm like, fine, great. It's It's not historically accurate in any way, so why bother trying to do this fake idea that there are only white people in England? Great. Fine. But I didn't know it has it in the books that they like rewrote history to uh... yeah there's an in-universe <laughs> yeah. explanation which, which is, is excellent. so insane though i like it i think it's cool that they had that and it's just like a throwaway line in the show i've not read the books but in the show they just say it as like yeah this happened like a hundred years ago not even this happened like 40 years ago and so now yeah. There's no racism in this country anymore. Yeah, that's... Anyway, all that's weird. I mean, it certainly stretches credulity, but I it's better than just ignoring it, I think. Yeah, Um. but what I like about this show, Belgravia, is I looked into it before I started watching it, because I'm like, I haven't mm-hmm. heard of it. Oh, it's Julian Fellows. I like his stuff okay. I'll give it a try. And then I found out, like, I, I didn't want to watch a show that has been canceled before I got to tell its story. Mm-hmm. And this show had one season, and it was meant to have one season. So, it got the one season. I'm watching that. I'm Mm -hmm. enjoying it. And this seems to be true, because it's very recent. They have been contracted to make a second season that's a continuation of different characters 25 years in the future. Whoa. So, this, Mm. this is like the best of both worlds for me. I get to watch a contained story, and I know there's going to be follow-up but even if they don't make that follow-up it doesn't matter i do like that the 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 new series is called belgravia colon the next chapter that's <laughs> a very good name for a series yeah uh so this is turn of the century uh rich people in london one of those types of stories which i like perfectly fine there's scandal there's you know secret uh children born out of wedlock all that stuff <sighs> um yeah i just i feel like I feel like I'm not too concerned about the writer's strike from a selfish perspective. I am concerned that they get what they want. I really hope they do. They get everything. But I'm not concerned about not having stuff to watch because, like, here's a thing I like. And I always would have known I would have liked it, but I didn't even know about it when it came out. But now I'm finding it. So, like, there's tons of stuff I can find. There's so much. I do sometimes... Yeah. I do sometimes go down this thought process and end up in a panic attack, though, because 
I think about the fact that Taskmaster is now my favorite TV show, yeah. and I've watched every episode multiple times, and I only found out about it because Jeff offhandedly mentioned watching a YouTube clip of it once, yeah. <laughs> and otherwise I don't think I ever would have found it and known that it existed, and like, there's probably stuff out there that I would love so much, but I just don't know about it. Well, Alright, I'll watch though. more YouTube for you then. Okay, what, right? what if there's a great show you are going to love but it is filming its next final season in 2024 or something? You don't get to find out about it till 2026, but in 2026 you'll be able to watch the whole thing as on your own schedule. Mm-hmm. That's great! That's what I did with uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah, there you go. Except I waited <laughs> way longer. Yes. <laughs> Uh, So anyway, I guess my joy this week is thinking that as I look into different avenues of TV shows, remember recommendations from the past, etc. Now that there's such good pirating available, honestly, and I'm lucky enough to have friends who (laughs) will figure that out for me and get me those things, I can watch so many TV shows that I never thought I'd be able to watch. It's great. Yeah. Man, we're in a, a a renaissance of pirating, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's so the golden easy. age of piracy. Yeah. They're really pushing oh, hard to destroy themselves, all these streaming services. I know. They never seem to... Re- it's like with Napster. They never seem to realize that if they make it easy enough to pay a subscription and get what you want, people will just pay the subscription. Yeah, But they're always like, no, we have to squeeze more, take away more, and get more money from it. And it's like... Start making our own original stuff. Like, I (laughs) do like a lot of the Netflix original stuff, but they would have probably been profitable forever if they had just been like, all we do is buy the rights to stream stuff that other people don't want to deal with and stream it for $10 a month. And that's it. Yeah, but then all those other places got greedy, too, because, like, Netflix used to have Disney stuff, and then Disney's like, no, no, we could make more money if we have a streaming service. (laughs) Yeah. Growth forever is another big part of the the issue, too, is, like, no, 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 I mean, no business full stop, not just streaming services, but no business is ever just like, well, we've made enough money. Yeah. Or we, can, we have we can sustain what we're doing now. Yeah, we have enough output now that we don't need to like increase how much profit we are turning. It's we've reached a plateau. That's like you know very what's rare. wild. You know what's wild is Spotify. Like, how are there not competing services to Spotify that are trying to break it down? It just seems like Spotify was just like, yeah, we're just gonna stream all of the music. Everyone who wants to stream music is gonna go through us, and everyone was like, yeah, okay. I feel like since they started removing artists who uh, had public fights with them, I feel like more people have gone to, there's a paid YouTube music service, there's like Apple music stuff, and people Mm. are using, Tidal even is still around. People are using them, just not that many people, I guess. Yeah. People Mm. still use Pandora. I think Mm. people who like don't want to choose music. I feel like Pandora is a very different, serves a different need though. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're definitely right about piracy. But, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I went to a concert festival last Ooh. weekend, and then I also went to a concert last night. Um, both in the region of New Jersey known as the Shore. Wait, oh, you went down, back to the Shore twice? Down the Shore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, wow. it was it was th- the last weekend I went to Atlantic City, which is 
it was like a three and a half hour drive from where I am or mm-hmm. something like crazy far. Betting on the ponies. Uh, yeah, I went down there to bet on the ponies. Um, what I hadn't considered, last time I was in Atlantic City, it was for a different music Warped festival. Door. Yeah, it was also two days on the exact, like in the exact same location and the same genre of music <laughs> and one of the same headliners. Um, Warp Tour in 2019. Uh, but that was before a global pandemic completely destroyed the vacation industry, um, upon which Atlantic City has built its house of cards. Uh, and that's ah, that's ah, that's ah. not that's 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 a good pun. That's a, that's a good pun. Yeah, it's a, that's not a pun on casinos. It's a, a commentary on how that's an unsustainable business model when people can't go to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was both. Yeah. That's what made it a pun, well, right? I guess so. I'm a genius. You're right. Um, <laughs> yep. But God, Atlantic City sucks. It's like yeah. it's v- it always did. That's my secret, Cap. I it always last sucked. time I was there was maybe fifteen years ago, and even then, a ton of the casinos were closed down, and it seemed real sad and uh, ghost towny. Here's how bad it's gotten, though. The things are so decrepit now that the dumbass guy who pays to put his name on buildings. Sued to yeah. have his name taken off of a building in Atlantic City in 2021 because of how mm-hmm. decrepit Atlantic City is now. And they wouldn't let him because they were like stewing it, asshole. I, th- oh, if only. I think that I think they ended up knocking down the building, so it became a moot <laughs> point. But like everyone wins. <laughs> everyone, everyone who lives there is in dire straits, and that sucks to see. The band? Yeah, they're all in the band Dire Straits. It rocks. Oh, nice. Did they get their money for nothing? <laughs> uh, oh, God. oh God. Weirdly, it's the opposite. They got nothing for oh. their money. Mm. Uh, <laughs> But it's, like, every other building is just all boarded up. Yeah. Like, gorgeous old stuff that was built in, like, the 30s or whatever is just shuttered and crumbling. It it sucks. It felt, like, genuinely unsafe to be there. Yeah. Um, But uh, the festival was cool. The concert rocked. That was fun. Nice. What I I want to know most is... Okay. Did you go to Guy Fieri's restaurant again? I did not. I considered Ugh. it. But <laughs> All right. I, uh, there, there was re-entry allowed this time, but only mm-hmm. until 6 I assume PM. Guy Fieri was the guy you said to take his name off of the restaurant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was him. No, it's it just was, called Chicken it was his, now. It, it was his Wario. Yeah, it's just called Flavortown Restaurant No Association now. <laughs> god there is a there is a gordon ramsay restaurant there inexplicably called hell's kitchen why would you call it that that's the the that's the name of his show that's the bad that's the the kitchens are bad in that one aren't they yeah but the eating is good oh right hell's kitchen is hell's kitchen is the one where the restaurant is good but he's mean Mm -hmm. it's kitchen nightmares where the restaurants are bad and he's mean yeah. Yes, if you called the restaurant Kitchen Nightmare, you're right. That would be a that bad would idea. be. I would be much more willing to go there. I would expect something <laughs> like Frankenstein and Dracula themed. Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> Are we just inventing Planet Hollywood again? Yeah, um, there was one that was monster themed, wasn't there? Or was that only in Kimmy Schmidt? Was, there was that. What was the Jack the Ripper themed one? Hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Hmm. Uh, Crumb Hell. 
Space 2039 or whatever that one was called. Oh, what was it called? Hold on, now I have to Google. Jack in the Box the Ripper. (laughs) (laughs) No. You get a box, but it's just full of organ meats. Uh, is there a Hell's Kitchen in Hell's Kitchen, is my question. I don't know. I would have to go check. Mm, I wonder. I would have to go check? Like, yeah. I would go over to the neighborhood and walk around till I saw Oh, it. that's right. Yeah. It was Jekyll and Hyde, not Jack oh, the Ripper. Oh, okay, yeah. That's better. That Jack- Jekyll and Hyde club, though, that thing uh-huh. exists. Yeah. Um, that's basically Hell's Kitchen, if you think about it. I won't. Alright. Um, anyway, I liked the concert. It was fun. I did not eat at... Mr. Fietti's restaurant. Um, okay. And then I went to Asbury Park for a concert yesterday, uh. which, which was half the dri- less than half the driving distance, which was nice. Now, I know this wasn't a Bruce Springsteen concert, but I imagine Bruce Springsteen lives under the stage in Asbury Park like a Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He haunts the Stone <laughs> okay, Pony. Good. He's constantly... Jumping down from the chandelier and stabbing people to death. I don't know what happens in Phantom. He always refuses to play Sun City. (laughs) He wrote a special opera for Carly Rae Jepsen, but she won't perform in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was... There was a part... Now, Bruce Springsteen is famous for being good at strangling people with ropes. That is just true. (laughs) I think you're thinking of Jack the Ripper again, unfortunately. No! That's the big (laughs) plot point... Don't you remember this plot point from Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> yes, I do. I to... know. I wanted to make a Jack the Ripper joke. Yes, I what? remember. Okay, fine. Keep what your hand tr- level the idea your you think that a, the, I guess I should have known that the idea that you'd think that a guy whose subtitle is The Ripper did strangling crimes is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why it's funny. <laughs> what, what, if, what if Jack the Ripper's true identity is the Phantom of the Opera? Mm. Mm. Have there been now you're just writing an episode of Penny this? Dreadful. Ah, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, got him. Um, anyway, uh, yes, I saw Carly Rae Jepsen at the Stone Pony. There was a piece Mm -hmm. of me in the back of my mind that was like, she has this duet with Rufus Wainwright. She's not going to bring out Rufus Wainwright, but like, what if Bruce Springsteen were here to sing that duet? Uh But that didn't happen. It was just a recorded Rufus Wainwright. Damn it. I Um, thought you were going to say she had a Rufus Wainwright puppet, which would also be great. Oh, yeah. It, on poles attached to her like wrists and legs so that she could do a <laughs> dance routine with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a cartoon uh, yes. Rufus Wainwright and they did a little tap dancing together. Uh, I've never seen that with just one other puppet. It's always like four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta get a whole line of them for verisimilitude. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably for balance so you don't fall over. <laughs> Those things have gotta be heavy. Not if you're doing it right. I don't know what that mm, means. That's true. Now, Jeff, have you decided if you're going to call her, maybe? Uh, I did. Okay. I, I'll never and? tell, though. I don't, How did I it don't go? call and tell. Oh. Um, what's interesting about someone of, like, mid-level fame as a musician is everyone who I told I was going to this concert when they asked, what are you doing this weekend, uh, was like, oh, call me maybe? But it was like she's not famous enough and it's not near enough to call me maybe time that people would go for that. So it was Mm -hmm. like the fourth or fifth song in the set. Mm -hmm. It's like she's got enough of a following that it's not the like it's not in the encore. It's not the closing of the set. It's just another song in the set, which is really interesting. 
Did she have any kind of boy problems while the show was going on? Not while the show was going on, but before the show, the DJ that was opening had a lot of computer problems. Oh, oh no. no. That's the worst thing. Computers are kind of like boys, on. if you think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, his, his computer was like, the music kept like skipping and changing tempo and oh, like, no. <laughs> He should just uh, get his microphone and say, I meant to do this. This is happening on purpose. No, he left. Yeah, just anytime it goes wrong, just go, remix! <laughs> no, no. This was uh, this was part of Asbury Park's Pride Weekend. I don't think you can get away with doing straight nonsense, like undanceable dance music. Um, it was uh, it was a very... I, I felt bad because it was also the DJ's birthday. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that all of these problems were happening, but uh, yes, she did sing "Boy Problems." Fun show. Nice. You yeah. wouldn't think you if you listen to her music, you're like, "This is fun, like light, breathy pop." She plays live with a full band mm-hmm. and sings powerfully <laughs> from her diaphragm, hmm. and is such a good live performer in a way that I did not anticipate. Mm-hmm. That's pretty um, good. She was a Canadian Idol, right? That was where she got her start. Yeah, she was third place on the fr- or on <laughs> maybe the first season of Canadian Idol. Maybe maybe she won the third season. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah she's the numbers one and three are involved in some exactly. Um, the most Canadian uh, thing she did was uh, when she apologized. She did say she was sorry, mm-hmm. um, and. In one of her songs, she sings uh, the word drama uh, mm. with that pronunciation. Nice. Um, Sounds like she really cut to the feeling there. That was that was the closer for the for the encore. Very good. Really, Sounds like a good time. Really yes. hey, nice. I was gonna say there that's the that's the one Carly Rae Jepsen song I really like because it's yeah, mostly mm-hmm. Al City. Bring Al City. Well, yeah, Louisa, I really like you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm gonna take this at face value. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think i've run out of carly ray jepson songs i know yeah um anyway it was really fun everybody had a good time uh i got to experience i already did that one. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i got to experience <laughs> uh secondhand the um the joy that gay men feel upon hearing their favorite pop song live in concert uh, as several of the men around me had full meltdowns at the beginning of different songs in a way that was <laughs> genuinely very sweet and nice. Why is this okay. specific to gay men? Can can straight men not feel the full range of emotions? Uh, generally, no. We're not usually allowed <laughs> That's to. That's part of toxic masculinity, oh, man, yeah. in the program. Uh, also, yeah, it was so. specifically a Pride Weekend concert. <laughs> And Carly yes. Rae Jepsen, so like... I do understand, but there's nothing that would stop you from also having a meltdown when your favorite Je- Carly Rae Jepsen song came on. Decades of conditioning against uh, mm. expressing my emotions, plus Got various it. kinds of uh, developmental neurological issues. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a good time. Went to Wawa three times, twice on the way down nice. and once on the way back. Anything right. new at Wawa? I haven't seen their commercials lately. Uh, pulled pork has been there for the past like year or two. That's nice. pretty good. Yeah, they've they have brisket on and off, and it's good when it's there, but they don't have it all the time, which is unfortunate. Yeah, mm. when I was young, the hot turkey and the hot brisket were year round. 
or not the hot brisket. It was hot roast beef. I think hot roast yeah, beef. Yeah, roast beef they used to have. They just they only got brisket like a year ago, and then yeah. it's been on and off since then. The uh, the hot turkey and hot roast beef were year round, and then now the hot turkey is only around Thanksgiving times. And honestly, thank God though, because the smell of that gravy filling a Wawa is so unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, but the feeling of that sandwich filling your tummy is so good. <laughs> I never liked a gravied a begravied sandwich. Mm, you yeah. never liked a, a I bell do gravy like the, sandwich. Yeah, a bell gravy sandwich. <laughs> I do like a French dip, though, so I guess I'm a living contradiction. Yeah, I like to have it so... The French dip is the embodiment of this. You want it to have it so it cannot get soggy. You're applying mm-hmm. the gravy as you're eating it. Yes, that's the way to live. Well, the... Last time I was at Wawa, the new thing they had was mango bubbles you could have put into any drink of your choice. Oh, fun. Yes. That's pretty good. I think they've stopped that thing. Damn goodness. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love those mango bubbles. You're wrong. Well, they don't. Time, time will tell, I guess. They no longer have the everything pretzel twist. That, se- mm-hmm. that seemed to go away with the pandemic and never come back. Jeff, could you write a song called The Everything Pretzel Twist that teaches someone how to do the dance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll do the twist. The Everything Pretzel Twist. Twist mm-hmm. your arms sucks. around and your legs upside down. Boo! Could you have more than two notes in this song? <laughs> no. Oh, damn. It's, okay, fair enough. It's, it's a genre staple to not have a complicated vocal melody. Now, could you write this song in such a way that in addition to teaching you how to do the, the dance, it also taught you how to do Yoga Fire and Street Fighter? Oh, yeah. No, that is that is what the Everything Pretzel Twist is. That's one of uh, yeah. Dal Sims' moves. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. I wonder if Street uh, Fighter 6 is less racist. That just yeah, came out. Yeah, it's gotta be, right? <laughs> I've heard it's a very good and funny game, which I did not expect, and I haven't played it, but that's yeah. what I've heard. It probably is. The originals were never... I don't think they ever really took themselves as seriously as their fans took them. Yeah, they've always been, like, fun to play. I guess they haven't had, like, a well-developed story before. Yeah. I just now realized from Jeff saying that, and obviously I always knew that the Street Fighter games were racist, but the Street Fighter 2 is just a racial stereotype fighting game yeah like yeah fight these different racial stereotypes against each other yep but it feels less bad because america is one of them yeah it's i think it's you know it's more the insular nature of uh the like japanese video game industry in the 80s and Mm -hmm. 90s of just like you know it's it's a it's a lot of computer programmers who didn't get out much so they yeah. had complicated ideas about people from other countries. When yeah. did they add that character that was like a British guy that was always drinking tea and had a monocle, but then he was a boxer? Street Fighter you Alpha, that guy? I believe. Oh, so good. I love that guy. What is his name? I can't remember. The uh, Marquis but... of Queensbury. I'm making yep. that up. <laughs> uh, they added a new uh, racial stereotype for Street Fighter Five, I think, or like one of the DLCs for 4. Uh, they added a uh, an Arab character who had wind powers. What kind what, of character? Sorry, what what nation? An, an Arab character who has oh, who yeah. has wind powers, and people liked him. Uh, it seems a real weird, like Airbender. 
And yes, an Arab bender. No, <laughs> I didn't say that. Jeff said that. I'm distancing myself for this. Uh, I'm does, just doesn't not even become about... a, like. There's not even a joke there. It's just that those words sound alike. I'm bad. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> I'm thinking a lot now about the characters from Street Fighter Two, and like, obviously, it's problematic to imply that like people from China are all. Um, uh, sumo wrestlers or whatever. What? Nope, but the that's guy... a Japanese character. Oh wait, who's the one from China? Chun Li. Chun Li. Chun Li is a from sexy China, lady with right. giant thighs who wears like a maid <laughs> costume. Yes, she's a police officer um, though. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But the the stereotype from Brazil is just a monster. Yeah, a green yeah. electric monster man. That's not even a thing. Does any is that a racial stereotype I don't know about? Uh I mean I think that There's the stereotype of the exotic jungle. Yeah, exactly. Brazil, yeah, but I think it's... Brazil is not that. I mean I guess it does have rainforests, but Yeah, I, I think to uh to someone who doesn't have internet access and doesn't know anything about Brazil besides there's a rainforest there, you're going to be like, oh, well, what if there was some kind of electric monkey man who lived there? <laughs> Electricity also. It's such a muddied... It's like a racist who kept on having new ideas he wanted to make sure got included in his racism. <laughs> the only other... Well, I should, shouldn't say other. The only black people in Street Fighter 2 are DJ, who is a Jamaican kickboxing DJ, Uh-oh. and mm-hmm. basically Mike Tyson. Yes. I mean, his I think, name in Japan is, name Mike, is Mike Bison. His name is Mike Bison in Japan. They had to change it so Mike Tyson wouldn't sue them. <laughs> yeah, and then they had to change it even further to M. Bison and make it a different character. Yeah, exactly. The they they just, like, rotated three of the bosses' names. It's complicated. Yep. Professional Street yep. Fighter players call them Dictator, Boxer, and Claw. Yep. Anyway. Pretty good. What were we talking about? You're talking about we Charlie were... Jepson, and then somehow we got out of this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yep, she wore a uh, neon green, like highlighter color, uh, swishy cargo pants, uh, like a raver from 2002. <laughs> nice. It, oh. it rocked. Um, Is that coming back? Because I've got some big pants in Louise's house that that are ready to be sold. <laughs> you've got you've got big pants to fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, probably, probably you could sell them. Um, you still got your Surge bucket hat? Did you give that to Jeff? <laughs> no, I've got it. It's in my closet right now. I mm-hmm. still wear it sometimes. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do sell Surge some places in the Midwest, which I did not realize. Ooh. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's like how they never stopped selling Crystal Pepsi in like Latin America. Yeah. I don't know why they stopped selling Surge out here, though. You can still get it in one of in those like Dialo soda machines or whatever, where you like mix your own soda, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The Coke Freestyle. Yeah, sometimes they have Surge. I never see Surge in there. It's the only place I ever see Mellow Yellow. Yeah, Mellow Yellow is not that far from Surge. Yeah, Mellow Yellow is just Coke's Mountain Dew. I gotta tell you, you can make a Mellow Yellow with raspberry in it um, at those things, and that is a good soda. They should make that as a real soda. Mm, Yeah, I think one of mine the other day was a Strawberry Peach Mellow Yellow. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, what, what is this show about? Oh, this show? Well, this show? on this show, Here? We, this one? Yeah. Oh, we're doing a show. Oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. 
Um, on this show, we go to the WikiHow Suggested Articles page, and we enter a random word so that we can see a list of articles people have requested related to that word. And today's word is collection. Woo! <clears throat> is it, this is a pretty good one. Is it, is it a lot of depressing things about collection agencies? Not a lot, but there is some of that. How to deal with a collection agency, uh, Never answer the phone, I guess. Yeah. Fake your own death, I guess, would be a good one. <laughs> or real yeah. their own death. Ooh, Ooh love it. In, in Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do the thing that they do at the end of Fight Club where you just find the home office of the debt collection agency and set fire to it? Is that... Yes. Yeah, you could. Like, yeah, nothing. You could do that. The only thing... In Minecraft, I mean. The only thing anyone has to do is eventually die. The rest of Mm. it, there's no rules. There is one rule in that movie that I don't know if you remember. No, there's a whole list of them, Matt. I do remember. (laughs) And you've already broken the first one. Ah, shit, I did! I broke the first two rules. God damn it. Uh, anyway. Here's a topical one for the summer. How to sell vintage Barbie collections on eBay. Mm, this is the time, right? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, you wait until that movie comes out. Because no. I know there's at least a little bit of vintage Barbie imagery in it, and you want to capitalize on that. But you mm. want to get it before the hype dies down, so you list them now while everyone yes. is still excited <clears throat> for the movie. And uh the other thing is, if the movie comes out and it's really, really terrible, then people will instantly lose their exactly. interest in buying merch. I guess so. I'm just thinking of um, in the ads where Margot Robbie's wearing the the original black and white striped Barbie swimsuit. I'm like, seeing that, like seeing that in the movie, would make people go, "Fuck! I really want one of those Barbies!" Right? But will it be unless in the, the movie? movie's terrible? Yeah, that's a good point question. Two. Both of them. Yeah, they're both uh, good points. Because that first trailer where she wears that seemed like it was just footage for the trailer. That's, that's true. Probably true. Mm. Uh, I'm. The... the movie looks like it's gonna be good, but there's just enough, uh, like uncertainty in the trailers where I'm like, this could still be bad. All of the scenes where you see Will Ferrell freaking out, I'm like, is this going to be a lot of the movie? Because I'm not sure anymore, you guys. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fine, is what I think. Yeah. I liked, okay I liked um, Little Women and Lady Bird, so I'm hopeful. Uh-huh. But I have. But this is going to be so different from that in so many ways. Like, is it though? Yeah, is it though? Directors, directors can be good at certain types of movies and not good at other types of movies. Yeah, she's a Greta Gerwig is good at girl movies. <laughs> and Barbie's a girl, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. therefore, <laughs> the transitive property. Yeah. Similarly to all of this, I keep seeing ads for this new Wes Anderson movie, oh, The Asteroid City. Yeah. And I like Wes Anderson movies, and I think I want to go see this, but I'm also like, can Wes Anderson do this movie? It seems like not a good topic for him to cover, you know? Really? I feel it like seems like a, a movie he's already made. <laughs> I feel like yes. this is right up his alley. I don't get what you're saying, really, I guess. I'm saying that, like, the way that he's done it is extremely his way of doing things, but the topic seems to be people being quarantined by the government for exposure to alien stuff. Uh-huh. And, like, I just don't think that his 
wacky take on that is going to be very good. See, I feel like the whole thing, I don't remember exactly when the movie's set, but I feel like it ties into the panic about like the Cuban Missile Crisis, that type of thing. Mm. And right. that seems like right up his alley. A retro thing in a hopeful future past, but with the threat of annihilation looming over them at all times. This is entirely Wes Anderson to me. Yes, I mean, you're you're right in that I think you're, that he has uh, treated the topic in a way that dovetails with his style well. Uh-huh. I just don't think that the topic is going to be very conducive to being funny or whimsical. I mean, that hasn't we'll stopped see, his other movies from being beloved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, anyway, Matt, you also probably know how uh, about this. I think this is probably the boy version of the Vintage Barbie collection. Um, how mm-hmm. to start an MST3K collection? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Louisa and I have a lot to say about this one. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, first of all, it. keep circulating the tapes. That's the first thing. Yes, that is hugely important. Um, I will say, I don't know if you guys have done this already, but if you go to Amazon and go to the like Shout Factory amazon prime channel mm-hmm. i think it's like literally a dollar a month and they've got most of mst3k on there yeah it's pretty, pretty good. amazing yep yeah it's extremely worth it um and there's a bunch on the riff track site as well that you can get i think that having them in digital form is so much better because then the the MST3Ks in general are at their best when they're sort of on while you're doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so having them in digital form where you can call them up on whatever screen you're near is super helpful. Is the, the Gizmotron or whatever the hell they kickstarted up yet? It is, but it only has the most recent season on it. Like the Netflix season or the one after that that they also kickstarted? Yeah, it's the same Kickstarter. Okay. It was all one Kickstarter to create the Gizmo Plex and create a season, season to go with to it. Be on. Okay. Yeah. They it's weird that they haven't put up the other stuff yet. I don't think they can. I don't think they have the rights to do that. Huh. Yeah, yeah that's strange. It's very complicated, especially for uh, MST, how if they want to re-release some of their media, they have to renegotiate the movie rights with some of the distributors and that's a whole nightmare that's why rift tracks is so much smarter especially now yeah. that you can have the app on your phone because then you can just put the movie on and then hit play on the audio track on your phone and you get everything yeah definitely <clears throat> yeah i think it, i feel like with rift tracks it kind of i watched like some of the harry potter movies uh, that way uh twilight I feel like the fact that they could get the most popular blockbusters, like, took something away from the experience. Mm, I kind of like the shitty movies on MST. Yeah, I think part of it is people do genuinely like Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. and so when they make fun of it, it kind of feels like they're making fun of real people. Which, I'm fine with that. No one gave a shit about Gamera before they did their thing to that, so like... You don't feel it doesn't feel as mean spirited. Yeah. Uh, there is only one alternate audio track I ever want to watch a Harry Potter movie mm-hmm. to, and it's Wizard Which is People. Sinking up the dark side of the moon. Yep. That's the one. Oh yeah, Wh- Wizard People, dear reader, is very good. Um, surprisingly, not that hard to find. Uh, because it's also just an audio track that you sync up with a DVD yourself. 
<clears throat> yep. As nice. a DVD. What are you, a grandpa? <laughs> yes. Um, I wonder how easy it is. I remember one of the, like, holy grails of uh, turn-of-the-century MST3K fandom was being able to find the public access episodes oh, that, yeah. that didn't get re-aired whenever it moved channels to, like, Sci-Fi or Comedy Central or whatever. Yeah. A lot of them are available on YouTube now, which is nice. It's fun. I Weirdly, have a... there's like two or three episodes that are just nowhere. Yeah. One of the big ones is the, the um, Revenge of the Creature, the Bl- Creature of the Black Lagoon sequel. Huh. I think it was on one of their DVD collections in the early 2000s, and then since then, it's just nowhere. Mm. Wild. Uh, yeah. In my MST collection, which is mostly DVDs, and I don't have a DVD player anymore, so I'm hanging on to them now because... Maybe someday I'll get a new DVD player, but... Or just convert them to digital. (laughs) Uh, One of the sets I have, I bought it when it was released. Uh, Two or three months after this set came out, the distributors, I guess, um, uh, what is it, Rhino? Not before Shout Factory. Yes. Yeah, I think it was Rhino, yeah. They found out they actually did not have the rights to a Godzilla movie from like 1960 or something, which is one of the episodes. And they had to recall all the DVD sets and reissue them with a different movie. But because I'd already bought the DVD set, I wasn't going to turn it back in. So I have now a very rare set. And because I'd bought that one, Rhino would let you send a postcard to them saying you bought it with, you know, proof. And then they would send you the movie that was in the new re-release set. So I have an extra movie now. Yeah. It came in a blank DVD case. It's pretty great. Wow. I wonder, have (laughs) you checked eBay to see if that is, like, worth something? I haven't. I'm sure it is, but I don't know how much. And uh, it's just one of those weird, quirky things, which is kind of nice that you can get in a collection. Yeah, it sounds like a nice keepsake. Mm -hmm. My instinct with a keepsake like that would absolutely be to rip it to my computer and sell the physical copy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm built different, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Lisa, at some point you should, at some point you should give me those DVDs, and I'll rip them to digital for you. Okay, I'll have to remember which one was the forbidden episode because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do have it around. Yeah, maybe I should get a full MST collection up on my Plex <laughs> just to have it. Yeah, do it. You know, that's the yeah. most fun part of having. Uh, access to piracy is being able to build a collection of things that you never interact with yes that's true <laughs> my favorite and part being anyway. able to organize it oh Ooh. it's the dream <laughs> i love getting the exact right episode title on every episode of the thing i really enjoyed good. setting up all of the software that would do that for me and eventually getting it <laughs> to work correctly mm-hmm Ooh. Oh man! All right, we're nerds. Anyway, we're being nerds. How to? <laughs> speaking of being nerds, how to sell a comic book collection? You uh, can't because no one cares it's, anymore. God, it's you got to organize it thing. and sell it piecemeal, or yeah. accept that you're not going to get a lot of money for the whole thing. That's what I was going to say. Unless... Um, if you're a seller, you have to. If you want to make money on a collection, you have to sell it piece by piece. If you're a buyer, you want to look for complete collections because that means the person just wants it out of their house, and you can get it for practically nothing. Yep. Unless your collection, unless the collection you're selling is like the full run of, you know, Amazing Spider-Man or something. In that case, sell it all together. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. You have to do piecemeal. You have to pull series out 
that go yeah. together. Uh, like I'm still so annoyed because when I was a like a young child, I bought every issue of the Jurassic Park movie tie-in comic except the last one, <laughs> and a full collection of that is worth like four hundred dollars now. It's fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, comic books are one of those things like uh, stamps where there is a like or coins where there's like a huge community of obsessive weirdos who love to collect them just to have them, Mm -hmm. um, even though it seems passe at this point. The thing that's wild to me, though, is I don't know about you guys, but I constantly live in a panicked state of I'm running out of space in my house. Mm hmm. How do you not feel that way about collecting things that you're never going to interact with? You have a big house because you live in the Midwest or something? Yeah, I, I started so. collecting some very small things, so that's my way around it. <laughs> that's the smart move. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Start making very small recreations of comic books to put in your miniatures. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly, each page, perfectly accurate. Yeah. Become the All miniature right, and... Jack Kirby. <laughs> and finally... There's a lot of questions on here about how to assemble a CD collection. Do you think people still want CD collections? It seems like the worst of all worlds, right? I feel like people are into the retro kitsch of it now, even though that sounds insane to us. I like a CD. Some people are. Uh. But like, I don't know how, I mean, I don't give a shit about any of this, but audiophiles want physical media because its fidelity is better because, you know, if you have it on... A vinyl or even a magnetic tape in theory it's more it's closer to analog but cds are physical but they're still digital they are like they're fully audio they're, files they're fully uncompressed audio is part of the appeal um uh-huh. the other part of the appeal for me which i don't feel this way about a lot of my discs but like there was a time where you couldn't get for example the josie and the pussycat soundtrack on spotify but I had it on CD. Mm. Same with the Space Jam soundtrack, but I had it on CD. Um, and I recently rebought a CD that I bought in high school because the Spotify version got changed. Mm. And in... Oh, it made it so that uh, Greedo shot first? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the Star Wars CD. Uh, mm-hmm. uh... The, the, the uh, descriptive audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, is the... Oh man, I saw an article the other day, or a Reddit post the other day from someone who oh, watched the Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. movie with the descriptive audio turned on by accident, and they thought that there was just a dungeon master. Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Um, but I I had to rebuy the Gorillas album Demon Days because the Spotify version was like a remast. They changed it to a remastered re-release where instead of mm. all the tracks flowing into each other seamlessly, they all had like stopping point and starting point. Right. Uh, hmm. And I want to listen to it with the the seamless the seamless uh, mix, and that was not available anymore. So I bought the CD but for even like eleven dollars. Even then, you're talking about listening to a specific version of the song. The fact that it is on a CD isn't important to... Like, if you could get that version of the song not on the CD, that would be preferable, right? Yeah, I guess so. It would just be like, the only way I could know for sure that I was getting the one I wanted Mm -hmm. uh, was to buy the CD. I do think that... One of these questions is how to transport a large CD collection. Mm. And 
is there anyone on earth who doesn't get a cd and immediately just rip it into digital audio files and then never touch that cd again yeah, I mean, perverts who want to be able to caress the uh, cover art while they're listening to the music. Yeah, that I mm-hmm. I do that. Um, no, but also my my like speaker system has a a little slot for a CD. I'll throw a CD on uh-huh. there sometimes. It just seems like way harder than to just call up the audio file on your computer and play it that way. Sometimes I'm I have an audio file myself. <laughs> also, uh, I'm lying. No, I'm not. I barely listen to music. Sometimes I want <laughs> things to be way harder. It feels more special if you do something slowly and meticulously. True. Mm-hmm. Um, like going and getting the CD and opening the CD player and turning on the boombox and putting in the CD isn't actually I, very I, much I, work, but it is more involved than just opening Spotify. <laughs> I do think that I have to uh, call Jeff out here for being so disrespectful to the rest of this podcast by saying sometimes I like things when they're harder and then not pausing for us to make a a joke before Uh immediately launching into this other thing that I didn't listen to because I was too busy focusing on how I would have made that joke. Yes, I apologize. Let me try again. Um, (laughs) I sometimes I like for penis hard. (laughs) Damn it! I bet you do! Hey! Bing bong! Alright, let's stop doing this podcast now. If you like the show, please rate and review us on the podcatcher of your choice, or tell your friends about the show so we can continue to grow. If you didn't, I don't blame you. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, if you want to re- if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can message us on Mastodon and then join our Discord where you can talk to us directly. You just have to find us on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm ephemeral and unknowable, and you cannot find me. Go to WeaponizeLanguage.com to listen to old podcasts of mine, though. And, and, and I guess to- more of this one. Ah! Sorry, go. <laughs> And you can talk to me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. And a conversation prompt for you is, tell me about Tears of the Kingdom. I always want to hear about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, tell Louisa how it ends. <laughs> no, don't do that. I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, do not forget that it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I like it. Now you're playing with power. And I guess more of this one. <laughs> Sorry, go. (laughs) And you can talk to me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. And a conversation prompt for you is, tell me about Tears of the Kingdom. I always want to hear about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, tell Louisa how it ends. (laughs) No, don't do that. I'm not there yet. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, do not forget that it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I like it. Now you're playing with power. Thank you.